Good day and good week back at the Back Porch Comics, my friends. If you don't know, you should know. This is Mundo. That's right. It's me. And this over here is my good buddy, Noah. We, we are two comic book fans, aficionados, nerds, uh, and very, very excited to be back after, what, three, four weeks? Just about, yeah. Yeah, just about, right? Um, and for those of you who don't know if this might be your first episode, if so, thank you for joining us on our uh, ongoing discussions about comic books in general, right? The past two episodes, Noah, we've done uh, lists, our pick sixes. Yeah. You know, our favorite uh, comic book moments. And then... Moments that we want to see, like, adapted. Yeah. And we have plenty of more lists coming out. Yep. that we want to do right but we're going to take a little break from the list and, and focus a little bit more on, on the other side of this uh, show that we're doing so as those of you who have already tuned in should know by now uh, noah is what they in the business uh, the comic book business call a marvel zombie <laughs> You know that was a term? Nope. Yeah, that's a term. So Marvel Zombie is just somebody who's just like only knows and is obsessed with Marvel, right? They pick up almost everything that that uh, comes out from Marvel, which was funny whenever Marvel then released Marvel Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Man, Marvel Zombies. <laughs> I remember whenever I was a kid and I went to some mall with my mom we went into this one store and i found a figure of spider-man from marvel zombies and i thought it was the most sacrilegious thing oh yeah i thought it was the most like i thought it was blasphemy I'm have like, you what? uh read marvel zombies yeah dude <laughs> the first two are pretty good i think uh but after that i think it gets a little bit too into like the universal yeah i don't know i don't like how they start like invading other dimensions and other planets I yeah mean, but the first two i think are very good yeah i like it more as like a sort of self-contained like story definitely brought in too many cooks to the kitchen oh yeah and speaking of kitchens we are going to be our <laughs> nice transition thank you it, it was such a good transition it threw me off my own thought <laughs> Um, the point that I'm trying to make with Noah being a Marvel zombie is that it has been a considerable goal of mine throughout our friendship that I would really like to, te to, to show Noah a little bit more of the comic book world out there. He's plenty knowledgeable in his own way, as you heard of us talk about uh, 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 Punk Rock Jesus. Yep before and you know of course Watchmen, which everyone should read that isn't really a special thing but after years of talking about it i thought that there was no better time to introduce you to my favorite comic book series of all time uh so before we get into it um you and i just recently watched the new episode of Marvel's new show, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So tell me, what what do you th what are your thoughts on episode two? What is episode two, dude? The new Captain America is such an <laughs> asshole. 
Yeah. He's such a dick to them, dude. Yeah. Like, you think that, like, at first that he's going to be cool. <laughs> he's gonna But be... do you think that? I mean, I did. I thought he was, like, you know, just ge- like a genuinely nice guy. You really did. Yeah. Oh, first... man, I knew immediately as soon as, like, that woman is on is on good morning america and she's like the only person with three gold you know uh, medals of honor the yeah lifetime that's military I like i was like he's not going to be evil but he's going to be an asshole yeah and he's going to be an asshole and i think that he's purposefully in there like that to make us think that he's going to be a bad guy yeah i think he's a red hair I think he's somebody that they want us to think is a villain, but he's probably going to sacrifice himself in the last episode. And, and, you know, even though he's, he's tough and a little rude, a little, (laughs) yeah, just just the tiniest bit rude. um, He's still going to come through in the end. That's what I think. What, What do you think? Yeah, I can see them pulling that. I could also just as easily uh, see them actually doing the deed and making him a villain. Yeah. I'm really interested to see how Baron Zemo is going to be utilized in this. Yeah, I thought he was going to be the big bad. Now they're going after him as a pseudo ally. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was, oh man. And and another thing that I love that I'm actually super stoked about because I never thought about it. Um, the villains in it, the, the Flag Smashers, mm-hmm. they actually want the world to go back to the, the way it was during the blip. I think that's fascinating that there are people in this in this universe that are out there that preferred life after the snap. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, yeah, it would make sense. Is that the end of your sentence? Oh, great! Thanks for your riveting input there. It makes sense, he says. <laughs> um, and besides that, uh, 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 you have told me earlier that you did not see. Uh, the the Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yep. Yeah. Break it up, dude. Break it up into a couple, into four one-hour cities. They're going to really enjoy it. I have a feeling you're going to really enjoy it. Um, but besides that, is there any anything else you want to talk before we get into our discussion? No. I have really, uh, <laughs> it's the only thing that I've really injected into my brain that was worthwhile was chew and here we are talking about the seminal uh chew developed by john layman and illustrated by rob gilroy john layman is a longtime uh, comic book writer and i believe the story is that he ran into rob gilroy at a party who was kind of trying to break into uh the comic book business as a whole Pitch drunkenly pitched him this I, this series, and Rob Gilroy liked it so much, and and, and they signed on, and it was uh, eventually picked up and produced by Image Comics, 
Image Comics is great. For those of you who don't know, Image Comics is a comic book company that was founded by people who were fed up with Marvel uh, controlling their storylines and controlling their characters, right? Yep. So if you work for Marvel or DC and you come up with a character, they own that character, right? And it's been the focal point of many, 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 many court battles and lawsuits. Um, the argument of who should have ownership of comic book characters with the courts deeming that, you know, if you sign a contract, you sign a contract. Well, the contracts at Image allow the creators and artists to control their own storylines. So nobody can tell them what they can and can't do with them. Yeah. And boy, do I really think you get that with Chu. Yeah. You know, um, uh, you want to give the listeners a quick breakdown of, of the world of Chu. We don't have to go into the storyline yet, but what are the interesting elements of the Chu universe? Oh. So the main character, Tony Chu, is something called a sibopath. That basically anything that he eats, he is able to delve into its entire history. So he can eat a banana and he can like tell like what kind of pesticide is on it. Uh, when it was harvested, you know, what sort of like process it went through. Uh, but if he eats anything that's meat, he'll be thrown into something that is like nightmarish because he's going through the whole entire animal's like life, including <laughs> when it gets slaughtered. So he doesn't really eat a whole lot of things. The only thing that does not trigger this like psychic ability of his for some reason, is beets. <laughs> it's beets. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I'll tell you why. It's beets. <laughs> Whenever you get to it, you'll be shown why. Um, I can't think of a funnier thing. Yeah, it's really hilarious. <laughs> He's always foil. asking for beets. <laughs> you have any beet juice whenever he goes to a bar yeah and then and then whenever uh they go into like the chicken speakeasy <laughs> he's like i swear to god tony if you order your beet salad i'm gonna fuck you up <laughs> because that would be so suspicious <laughs> um so that is that's tony chu right the the central character of the series why don't you inform the listeners about the world that he exists in. What is the the chief interesting point of the world in this universe? Chicken is banned. All poultry is banned because of a bird flu that the government is freaking out about. And Tony Chu is an FDA agent. Uh, who goes to investigate crimes of poultry like related like poultry related crimes of people like having chickens and sure. stuff like that. Uh, <clears throat> there's there's psychics, there's people who are able to, you know, write about what they eat. So it's really focused on food. It's, it's super a very 
everything about this world revolves around food. Yeah. And That's something that becomes very clear in the first volume. And by the time you reach volume three, oh, yeah. it's either you're totally into it because I've never seen food be part of a story like this before. And yeah. somebody, and as somebody who loves to eat, <laughs> it's and somebody cool. who cooks good food to eat. Oh, thank you, bro. I really appreciate <laughs> I really, really, really appreciate that. Really. So the story is, uh, with the creation of this of this universe, Rob Lehman looked at religion, right? So there are religions out there that ban the eating of pork. Mm-hmm. There are other religions out there that ban the eating of beef, right? Pig's a filthy animal, you don't touch it. Yeah. Cow's a holy animal, you don't touch it. Yeah. Right? But Rob, uh, uh, John, John Lehman kind of thought about it and he realized that the real food that connects the world is chicken mm-hmm. right and that if something were to happen that chicken could not be consumed then it would make a very interesting world right because now you have a, because chicken is, is ubiquitous right everyone eats it yeah as long as you eat meat I guess if you don't eat meat, then this wouldn't affect you at all. <laughs> but because it is so illegal, there is now a huge black market uh, chicken of like storage, you know, all around the place. And it's super illegal to sell, super Ill- illegal to eat. And because of it being so. Uh, illegal the fda has actually become the most powerful uh government agency yeah in the united states because it is their job to control chicken yep right in the hopes that this uh whatever this avian flu epidemic pandemic i guess because pan is all world epidemic is like a small section there's yeah. a grabber lesson for this week <laughs> um very interesting concept right off the bat right and i'm very excited i'm so happy that you dove into this and and really 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 enjoyed it um next thing i want to talk to you about before we get into uh, the storyline, because once again, if you don't know, you should know we are the spoiler royalties, <laughs> right? The spoilties, the, the spoiler child prince. I am. Yeah, and I am. As <laughs> as you know, uh, one half of the king of spoilers. <laughs> we are the kings of spoilers. <laughs> we, we are eating one half of one man. <laughs> um, oh man! This another reason th- that I picked up this. A comic is the art this has some of the most unique and interesting art i think out there it's very exaggerated and i love it <laughs> yeah. oh my god and whenever like whenever it gets violent dude the exaggerated art just makes the violence so much like it makes it pop so much more yeah you're absolutely right dude um, John Lehman, I believe, said that he wanted artwork in here that because it's a cartoony story, it's an exaggerated story. He wanted art in here that not only 
shows the fun side of the world, but whenever it got serious, you could feel the emotion. Yeah. From it. And I think that they succeed on all fronts. Oh yeah. On that. <clears throat> so you got this from me. How did I Mundo come across you? One might ask. <laughs> How did you come across you? <laughs> Uh, so I have this uh, friend out there in, in school. His name was Flynn Kelly, right? What up, Flynn? Love you, brother. <laughs> but the great thing about Flynn Kelly is if somebody asked him his name, he would tell them, my name is Flynn Earl Kelly, but Earl was not his middle name. He just randomly gave himself a middle name. <laughs> this sounds like an interesting dude. Dude, he was one of the most entertaining and strange people. <laughs> I've ever met in my life. We met up one day to go out and hang out. And I was like, what'd you do last night? He was like, I just went through my phone and put Dick at the end of everybody's name. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish I could do something like that. <laughs> be like so entertained. Yeah. And I'd be like, I was like, why? And we started talking about, it. he was telling me how, uh, like he just calls everybody Dick. <laughs> You know, he'd be like, he'd call me Mundo Dick, and then we'd go and hang out with Gavin Dick. And then every now and then, he would, like, exaggerate it. So it'd be like, it'd be like, Noah Dick! (laughs) Or he would shorten it, it'd be Patrick Dick. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a little bit about this dude. But we'd be talking. And, you know, at the time I was writing a lot and I was telling him how I, I really wanted to try my hand at writing a comic book. And I was like, do you like comic books? And he says, I'm not a comic book guy, but I love graphic novels. Right? This is the first time that I've ever heard somebody differentiate the two. You know, because you go into like Barnes and Nobles and they have like the graphic novel section yeah you know but that's also where they keep like their spider-man and their batman and i'm like what do you mean by that and he says to me that and this is the way that i now explain it a comic book is superman's is superman specific it is a story about superheroes doing superhero things right yeah whereas a graphic novel is a story told through pictures, right? That normally, not always, but normally doesn't have superheroes, right? And so I was super interested in this, right? I was obviously reading my Marvel stuff and my DC stuff, but now it's like this whole new world of comics was opened up to you. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I asked him what his favorites were. And he said that he loved The Walking Dead. The show came out that year and he hated the show immediately. (laughs) Yeah, the show is way different from how the comics work. Yeah, and he was so excited for for it. Um, It super bummed him out because he loved The Walking Dead uh, comics. There's another one out there called Goldfish. That's kind of about a uh, hitman. 
that comes back to to reclaim his son that was stolen from him. It's awesome. The artwork in that's so crazy. Hmm. And then he tells me about two. And he tells me the 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 uh, themes of it. He tells me kind of what goes on in it. And I'm super interested. <laughs> I'm super, super, super interested. And luckily enough, um, he had a he had the first volume with him. So, you know, he, he met up with me one time. It had it in his backpack. I flipped through it. I didn't read it. But I knew by flipping through the old comic flip test, <laughs> right? How do you know if, if, if you want to pick up this comic book? You pick yeah, it up through it, give it a little quick skim, and yeah, if what's it this really art? catches you? Yeah, what's this art look like? What, what, how did, how are the letters done? Right? I see a big, like, dual splash page of like someone <laughs> getting their head kicked. Yeah, give it to me, you know. <laughs> and one of the first things that I open up to in this is like the very last page of the first chapter. <laughs> and immediately I went to my room and at the time, the first three were, three volumes were out. So I bought all of them. And I read them and luckily enough that next month, the fourth was being released. Oh, man. You know, so I'm like in the middle of chew mania. <laughs> right? <clears throat> but then after that, now we have to wait. Oh, man. You know, because I soon find out that it's going to take anywhere between like seven months and like 13 months. For each release? Yeah, because uh, towards the end of it, instead of doing monthly releases for the issues, which you could pop out like a, a you know five issue volume every about seven months if you do it monthly. Yeah. Right. But by like issue forty five or so, uh, they started coming out like bi monthly. Oh man. Yeah. And isn't it weird that bi monthly could mean once every two months or twice a month yeah a little bit yeah i don't like that neither do i <laughs> um but this was the the former not the latter right <clears throat> it was only coming out uh twice every once every two months and i was like it almost there were times where i was so close to buying individual issues but I fucking love the waiting game with these. Yeah, you. it sounds like you got on at like the perfect time to get the newest <laughs> issue still relatively at the beginning of the story and then like be able to just go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, like I really ride that hype. Pretty, pretty quickly, I was able to get up to, uh, let's see, the first four. So a third of the story. Yeah. You know. And I was in, you know, and I would go to the, as the first thing that ever at a, at, you know, I'd go over to uh, the comic swap and what up comic swap, big shout out. And, uh, you know, I would order it. I would, I would, would 
every time that I'd visit there, hey, do you guys know when the next shoe's coming out? Hey, when's the next shoe volume coming out? And they would hold a, a copy for me because I needed to have it. And I would make sure that I would go up there the day of release. <laughs> That's dope, though. That Like, you, we really do go in there enough times to, like, be known by them. Especially, especially you. Especially you. Yeah. Me, maybe not so yeah. much. You're like Mundo's friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, spare weekend. Yeah. I'm yeah, they know me pretty well and I love all of them very much. And they totally, totally, totally helped me uh get more into chew. And then the one dude that works there, John, once again, big shout out, John. Um, love John, he's the best. Even though there's like four Johns that work in there, he know he knows I'm talking to him specifically. It's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Um, he's got me into so many comics, <clears throat> and I mean, just recently he pointed me towards uh, Rob Gilroy solo volumes Farmhand, which oh man are also very interesting, very good, and kind of food related. But I think that's enough of background of us and setup and themes. I think it's time we get into the story. It's such a this. hell of a story. Yeah. It is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely nuts. Um, <clears throat> we're obviously not going to go issue by issue. We're going to go through and just discuss kind of the big moments of each of the first three volumes that I had you peruse, read, and we are going to review them right now, right? I've been waiting for this conversation for a long time, so let's get into it. The story opens up while Tony Chu and his partner, John Colby, are uh, doing a stakeout in Philadelphia for the local Philly PD, gets busted up by an, a member of the FDA, a man by the name of Mason Savoy. Yep. Your initial thoughts on Mason Savoy, just from the first issue, you're reading the first issue. What do you think about this guy? This dude is big and he is not going to take anyone shit <laughs> and nor does he no he does not yeah. he has a very large vocabulary <laughs> um i read because i've been reading reviews to kind of get an idea of how i'm going to form my thoughts oh that's this. fun yeah definitely um i saw someone describe and and, him. and and uh and the first volume taster's choice critically acclaimed yep and would end up winning eisner and harvey award Yep. The two largest uh, comic book awards out there for best ongoing and original series. Uh, and I believe best artist and writer as well uh, for multiple publications. Yeah. What did that uh, reviewer say that stuck with you about Mason Savoy? That he is a mix between George Orwell and a grizzly bear. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> he is a big motherfucker. Dude, that is a great way. <laughs> of explaining that i love that that's awesome yeah, <laughs> it's even, so true he's so huge i even have that in my notes he has a big old beard yeah, yeah. um let me ask you this before you like read the review 
did you give him what type of voice did you give him while reading not gonna lie i kind of i kind of gave him jk simmons's voice really <laughs> like, like a deep like raspy like <laughs> i've always always to this day and i try to stop it and i can't i always give him like a slight british accent yeah i can see there's that. something about him that. that i think he's lived in america like for decades but i don't think he came to america until he was like early 20s yeah he has in my reading of him just the slightest of british accent <laughs> and i don't know why there's nothing throughout the comic that points you to this <laughs> like i can't help but think of jk simmons because like if there was ever a if there was ever a movie series made from chew i would love that or like a television series yeah we could talk about that in a minute but like jk simmons if he got super like jacked yeah <laughs> which i know he can yeah that like, picture nobody comes in on the contrary by esteemed constables like what <laughs> an amazing intro for uh for a dude <laughs> what does that even mean <laughs> you know yeah um we're there's been rumors for a while about either a live action show um movie or what i would really love to see an animated show Ooh. with uh with oh what's his name steven yen the uh 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 from from walking dead uh yeah steven young yeah right that's his name yep um rick's best friend from well not shane but the asian one i didn't want to use asian to describe him <laughs> Because I don't remember his character's name, but there I just did it. The Asian dude. Glenn. Glenn, Glenn. Is his character's yeah, name. Glenn. 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 Um, I knew it was going to come to me. Yeah. From The Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, for There's been a, that I know that there is at least talks of him playing Chew. And honestly, dude, like. I would love to see him as Tony Chew. He looks like Chew. He does. Doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. And that isn't an all Asians look the same thing there. They legit look just like each other. Yeah. Like, right? Yeah. You see it. I do. Just. <sighs> you see the it. The way that he's illustrated, like. I see yeah, it. Yeah. Super happy about it. So it gets broken up. And feel free to interject and take over synopses at any time you want. Okay. So uh, Mason Savoy breaks this up. And he tells them that the person inside the establishment a deshaun barry or known by his colorful a uh, streetwise sobriquet d bear <laughs> is in there and and he's actually a fda informant yep with uh and savoy works for the fda and so they can't actually go in and break up this this chicken ring that that they have yeah right so instead he offers them winner winner chicken dinner <laughs> chicken speakeasy yep in the chicken speakeasy and they go in yeah they order their chicken and while eating his chicken soup tony gets a vision as you said before he's able to uh tell memories 
Yeah. From what he consumes. And from what he consumes is that there is a murderer in the back of the kitchen making the soups. Yep. That has killed over a dozen girls. Yep. And the really cool thing about this sequence is that it ties into the very first page of the comic which is someone cutting up food. <laughs> That's a sound effect that they have. <laughs> of someone cutting up food and accidentally cutting themselves. Uh-huh. Bleeding just, a little bit yep, inside the... Just, yeah. you know, whatever, just tossing their blood into the soup. And, like, it... That's all, yeah, yeah. What yeah. if he has AIDS? People are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> what if he has AIDS? People are gross, dude. But, yeah. <clears throat> um, even just... A little bit of blood is enough for Tony to get a like flashback. Yeah, and we'll learn from Mason in the next in in a little bit that that's a very powerful sabopath. Yep. Right. And there's only and it's really important to note that there's only three like known about in the world. Boom, three. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh. So. John Colby, great cop, is uh, destined to bring in this dude. You know, he's already, you can kind of tell that he's already pissed off about, about not being able to do his job. Well, there's a murder in the back, and that has nothing to do with all this chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going to go stop him. They go to stop him, and this gets John a big old golden ticket cleaver to the side of the face. Yep. How'd you like that? Oh, dude. <laughs> it immediately gets more violent than what you think. Yeah. Yeah. It you know? pops completely out of nowhere. And like, that's there's this whenever... like cool, like shading that it does around his head. Yeah. And like, as soon as I saw that, that's whenever I sent you that text message saying, holy fuck. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and okay. then what comes up not too long after this. <laughs> yeah. Tony Chu follows the murderer into the alleyway. Yep. And, and why don't you explain what happens next? Because you loved this. You loved this part so much. And I was so happy that I could give this moment to you. Because it's so freaking cool. Tony corners this dude in an alley and demands that this guy tells him the names of all the people that he has murdered. And where they're like, where they're buried. So that he can, you know, retrieve them and solve their cases and get him like locked. Well, it isn't that it isn't that they're 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 buried. Um, He knows that that he by this point he also knows that he's putting the girls' bodies into the soups that he's making. Oh yeah, yeah. So it isn't that they need to be found. He just wants to know the names to give the family closure. Yeah, yeah. Um. And this dude will not tell him anything. Instead, what he does... Oh my god, here we go. What's he do? Hit he takes it. the knife uh-uh. that he ran with. Yep. And he slashes his own throat. Blood goes everywhere. Blood everywhere. And Tony's like, well... Fuck it. You didn't really need to do that. No, he and did you not. shouldn't have done that because it's not going to make a damn difference. You he fucking... says, I think the words are, I'm still going to get those names. Yep. And how's he do it? 
fucking chomps right into his neck, dude. My God, dude. And that's the moment that I was like, all right, I know exactly what I'm signing up for. I'm on, I'm in for this ride. Yeah. If I would have seen that just skimming through, dude, that would have been enough. That was it. That was, that's what it was for me. That was the selling point, man. It was this dude screaming, I'm still going to get those names and then chomp, chomp, chomp. And it's cool because anytime that there's like sound effects or like action bubbles and chew, uh, that has to deal with eating, like munch, chomp, uh, uh, slurp, whatever it is, there's always a little bite taken out of that. Yeah. If you haven't noticed. I, I love how creative they get with their text. In there's, another reason. there's so many like little things that you have to either start noticing just kind of randomly to really pick up on it and then like start really paying attention or you have to start paying attention from the very beginning like you have to already know that you have to pay attention you either already know that or have to learn that yourself i remember uh showing this to um one of my friends in in college and she loved it so much that in the first issue whenever d bear is going into his chicken speakeasy he like pounds the the doorman right they do a little knuckle knuckle bust and right above their daps <laughs> little sound effect with daps i think it's so great it's so yeah. great you know those, those are just like the little things about you that make it so fun like i i know if i ever made a comic that's what i would do yeah <laughs> throw like, a little shit like that yeah there, just dude. like just to entertain yourself while doing it you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, so the story continues. Uh, Chu has been kind of reprimanded, not because he caught this dude, but because whenever the police arrive, they find him gnawing on the dude's face. <laughs> right? And he gets more than reprimanded. He gets fired from being a detective. You're absolutely right. And that would be a problem if Mason Savoy wasn't right there for him. Yep. <laughs> And informs him that he is, in fact, the newest special agent. For the FDA. Bam. Great first issue. Purely because of his powers. Yes, absolutely purely because of his powers. And we'll find out soon that that isn't all Chu is good for. Chu is a great shot. He's very loyal. He's very noble. And he sticks to the book. Yeah. That's but a they really need, big thing. They need this food ability. Yeah. Right. So the next issue, uh, and, and I don't think we'll be spending so much time like we just did on the first issue, but the first issue is great, right? So by the end of the first issue, uh, where do you think this is going to go? Because you don't really have anything of the story, the real story of it, right? Do you think it's going to be like a mystery comic? Do you think it's going to be like action pack because the first issue even though it didn't have a lot of action had uh, some of it um where do you think noah that she was gonna go because one of my favorite things about this comic is that it goes in places that you would never expect yeah i thought that it was gonna go in a very action-packed sort of way and like with a lot of mystery um I knew there was something else up with like I like I thought that there was something up with Savoy from the very beginning. Like I was like, this dude 
There's it's something obvious. about this dude. If you, once again, if you've ever seen any movie or read any book, you know that this dude cannot be trusted. Yeah. So, like, from the very beginning, I'm just like, this dude, I, oh. So that was one of the thoughts that I had of, uh, like, a, where a character was going to go. Um, yeah. What do you think about John? He was, like, the kind of, like, the, as he says, he's the, uh, he's the laid back, you know, doesn't give a fuck about regulations uh, kind of cop where Tony Chu never met a department regulation that he did love. <laughs> he's a really good foil for Tony, I'll tell you that. Oh, he's great. And yeah, like the chemistry great. that they have there at the beginning before he gets that cleaver to the head. You can yeah. tell by their banter a little bit that like they had been doing this for a while. For a while. Yeah. Like yeah. they very they much really have... respect each other. Yeah. Even though there's a lot of like snide insults that they love tossing towards. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are like the three main characters that we get introduced in issue one. Right. We're in this now. So as the story progresses, uh, uh, Tony Chu goes in and meets Appleby, Mike Appleby, um, another favorite character of mine, even though I should say could say that about literally every character um, <laughs> in the show. I love him so much. And he gives uh, Tony a bit of uh, sandwich that has a decomposing finger. Though at first Tony refuses to take a bite out of it, Mason's voice says, I'll do it. And sometimes that's the part of our job, that we are able to go to places that normal humans can't or won't, and it will help the cause overall, which- That's the thing about Savoy is that he is also a psychopath. He's the second known psychopath. Right, right behind, and we get the introduction right now, even though we don't see him, we hear of the collector, right? A Serbian or the vampire. The vampire is what the his his agents would call him. Um, I always refer to him as the collector. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's still the he's same. the same dude. He's the same dude. Yeah, because he is the whole point of him. We'll get into that because that's not until like Right, exactly, and, and we'll we'll get into it. Um, he's a great villain, and I love the like brief mention of him in the beginning, right? And even though Appleby says that he is Mike Appleby, that's the director of the FDA, uh, that he is Russian, Basis of always says that he is in fact Serbian, and the way that he describes him is one of my favorite things ever. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, but I have said this around like you and all my friends when talking to, about people. He is a singularly unpleasant individual. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. You have said that. Yeah. <laughs> now a, I know where that came from. Yeah, he's a singularly unpleasant individual. I say that so much. That I sometimes forget that it's from Chu, and then I will remember that it's from Chu while I'm reading it again. <laughs> and then get really happy about it again. Yeah, because it's hilarious. <laughs> this finger belongs to uh, Evan Pepper, and this is going to be the focal point of the next series of, of issues, right? Around this time, Appleby also has a problem with one Amelia Mintz, right? Who would become uh, Tony Chu's love interest. Amelia Mintz. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, I believe it's pronounced uh, Saboskvrivner. 
Yeah, Yeah, however you pronounce that. <laughs> Dude, the names of the superpowered individuals in this get so long and complicated to pronounce that I'm just like, oh, that's Sugar Dude. <laughs> you know? Who is that guy? Yeah, I this, is, him. this is the food author. <laughs> and food author is able to write food with such uh, exquisite description that you actually get the taste of her writing of what she's writing about in your mouth i think that's so cool i think it's so unique and but it's really cool yeah they utilize that exactly power in, dude because her. because she hates her job <laughs> she hates going to these like swanky places so she chooses willingly <laughs> to go to the worst places uh in, in the town and eats food that's so rancid that just reading about it from her causes people to throw up. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Right? And she is super popular. She's super popular. I'm really about town. Everyone loves this girl. Um, and Tony Chu is deeply in love with her. Immediately. Immediately. As soon, as, as, soon as he reads one of her reviews... <laughs> game over yeah because now this is a way for him to actually enjoy food they're literally almost made for each other yeah right and like the scene where a bunch of people are reading uh or what was it i think it was tony somebody was trying to do a terrorist attack and yeah, so, so that's what I was about yeah. to go into. Um, during this episode of, of Chu, when Appleby is trying to get Amelia arrested over, you know, innocuous, meaningless charges, uh, a terrorist attack happens and they take a couple people hostage. Uh, this is the terrorist organization, Egg, yep. who believes that the chicken conspiracy, the chicken, uh, 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 the avian flu pandemic was a mass conspiracy and what do you think of reading it during the covid <laughs> i wonder if they uh <laughs> knew what they were predicting. it's so weird it's, it's it's a little weird i don't i don't i don't like the way it makes me feel yeah man <laughs> i don't like remembering that this is what the world's like right now. yeah and so egg is holding these people hostage and Tony chews by himself. He can't, you know, take out all six or seven assassins at once. So Amelia starts reciting the most rancid, hmm. putri putrificate, <laughs> disgusting review of some food. And it causes everyone to throw up. Except for Tony, who, who stands there because people are like puking all over him with, with a shit eating grin, oh, just like yeah, so in heart this like moment. floating from his head. <laughs> yeah. And even though the terrorist uh, attack was thwarted, Amelia has gone missing. Sad day for Tony. Yep. You know, but all's not lost. As we find out, uh, she is sitting next to a mysterious man with a fruit in a box. 
after that terrorist attack was thwarted, uh, we now go into Senator Hamachinson, who is a senator who has a uh, telescope in the North Arctic, uh, pointing towards a planet so far away. This senator has died, right? And they find weed, prescription pills, booze. His autopsy is basically a who's who of illegal paraphernalia. But the most important thing is two pounds of undigested chicken. And that's why the FDA is coming. Right. Love this scene in the comic. So he's been uh, cremated. And uh, because the uh, woman who handled the body, she's like, you guys are fucking monsters. I've heard about what you do and I don't agree with it. I, do I was going to be damned if you desecrated a human body in my fucking morgue. So fuck you. And she's like standing there with a shit-eating grin. Yeah, and people are super discriminatory towards like these types of psychics. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And Mason Savoy grabs it and he's like, what are we supposed to do with this? You know, it's just a bunch of ashes. And she says... Do whatever the hell you want with it. I don't care. <laughs> wow, there happens to be an oscillating fan. <laughs> Just fucking right dumb. in front of Savoy and he pours that whole dude's body. <laughs> Let's do it. This <laughs> is like, good day, man. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I love that moment so much. <laughs> There's... <laughs> Building up to that, there's no dialogue. It's just panel of him just holding it, <laughs> panel of him dropping it, panel of everything. Oh my god, it's so good. No words. Yeah. So uh, Tony sees stars behind a flaming woman, and so they determine that they must go to the Arctic to to this uh, to this telescope that was jointly built by Russian and United States uh, governments. They go up there, and they determine. They don't determine. They find out that this, they open the door and it's just like a dude in his underwear and he's like, you guys here to party? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I love the way that it describes this telescope. So this telescope costs like $24 million a year to operate. But the telescope is focused on one planet that is, you know, thousands of light years away. But that only takes about $3 million to, to need. So with the leftover money, <clears throat> they got everything they needed. But once they got everything they needed, they could get anything they imagined. <laughs> so there's like llamas there. <laughs> there's like prostitutes. There's a bunch of weed, a bunch of booze. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's Arctic. As you'll find out, this is pretty common <laughs> through the telescopes. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. <laughs> why a tele? Like, why a telescope? Why? Yeah. I love this comment. <laughs> yeah. Any any comments you want to make up until now? <laughs> it really balances the almost grotesque and the humorous. Like it's doing it really, really well. It's able to, it's able to balance its tones 
yeah very well it doesn't it doesn't confuse things yeah you know a lot of times this was one of my problems with like and i know they're two completely different things believe <laughs> me but like a, a thing that does this very well even though i wasn't a huge fan of it was detective pikachu and and like yeah. sonic the hedgehog movie yeah it took itself just seriously enough that you could still have a laugh at it but understand that the people in this world are completely serious about what they're doing yeah and on top of that like the both of them were trying to play it didn't know what age group it really wanted to hit yeah this is this is a mature comic yeah yeah this isn't this isn't your nephew's comic book you know this isn't your this isn't your underoos justice league yeah no they drop they drop so many fucks yeah they love it they love fucking and oh boy one of my favorite frames that i've seen so far in the three volumes if you let me borrow is a frame where tony shoots a dude in the head twice and you just like see through the holes. In oh, his it's head. like it's his like, eyes. Oh, yeah. so cool. So cool. And then he gets laid. <laughs> yep. Uh, so another terrorist attack happens. <laughs> this time we see that the, uh, the, the prostitutes that are there, they all, if you look at them, have like tiny little red stars informing you that they are indeed Russian. <laughs> trademark. Trademark. <laughs> trademark Russian red star. Um, and and they are there to uh, destroy information on that telescope. Well, Tony and Savoy stop them, right? And right as Tony is about to get shot, Savoy jumps in the way and some blood goes around Tony. Even though Mason's shot. He's a big dude. He's a big boy. That don't stop fucking Orson Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Or Grizzly Wells, I guess would be a better name. (laughs) And uh, Grizzly Wells uh, takes out the rest of the uh, assassins, leaving one to wander the Arctic, guys, in nothing but a bronze song. (laughs) Because these assassins were the prostitutes. (laughs) Yes. And as they leave, uh, Tony says, asks Savoy if he knows what vampire is in Russian. So this is why I said earlier, earlier in in the issue, they just mentioned that he's a Serbian uh, semopath. Now we know that somehow He's known as a, a vampire. Mm-hmm. We don't know how and we don't know why. But we know that he's a collector and that the that the Serbs referred to him as a vampire. Reaching the conclusion of volume one, uh, there is a lot that's going down and Tony Chu keeps on seeing this white flash going across his mind. And then he sees something that he doesn't want to see. And that's that Mason Savoy is the one that killed Evan Peters. 
the man who's that uh, that disembodied figure, that rotten figure that was found at the beginning of the uh, second issue. He's been working with Peter's peppers, peppers, because everything's fucking food in this comic. <laughs> I said Evan Peters. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I just let it go. Yeah. Uh, Evan Peppers uh, figure. And he's been working with Pepper's murderer this whole time. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is when Savoy lays it all out. There is a conspiracy here, boyo, that you are privy to, but I'm here to tell you that it's the fact that if you and I team up, we can uncover all the truths and make a great, have a great fucking time doing it. With your skill and my experience, we'll be an unstoppable team. And if you've read the first four issues of this comic, you know that this is not something that Tony Shu will do. Oh, no. <laughs> and he does not. And as I always say, uh, story-wise, writing-wise, uh, you make people laugh so you can bring out real emotion from them. This is a moment for me for that. This whole story up until now has kind of been fun and games. Yeah. Right? But now Mason has been shot. And now Tony Chu sees that he's been working with a murderer. Yeah. (laughs) Pulls a gun on him. Says he's under arrest. And why don't you tell us what Savoy does? Like I said earlier, he ain't taking no one's shit. (laughs) Oh boy, he lays the smack down on Tony. Oh, pounds his face into the ground. Literally. Literally. Takes the back of his head and just smashes his face into the ground. Like three times. Yeah. And just as Tony is about to lose consciousness, Mason tells him that he is to back off of the investigation and to just leave everything alone forget about mason just let him do what he needs to do and tells him that if he doesn't he is going to find out who all he cares about anything important to him he's going to know everything about him because he bites off his ear bites his fucking ear off dude and it's disgusting oh it oh it's such a gross double splash when it happens uh, it There's made me blood like I'm cringing just thinking of it. Tony's screaming. Yep. And ma- in this scene right here, Mason looks like a grizzly bear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So he keeps his ear as I, I guess that would technically be like blackmail. <laughs> well, no, nah. it's I, I think it's more of a security measure. Well, yeah. You know, it's a security measure. And we'll get into that later. Yeah. Right. Um, so that is, that's Taster's Choice. Volume one, uh, issues one through five of two. What did you think at the end of, of the first one? I thought, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's about to get serious now. Yeah. It's on. Especially whatever the captions 
which by the way, because of Arrested Development, <laughs> I permanently read in Ron Howard's voice. <laughs> do it all the time. Uh, it is the fate of Sibopaths that one will live and the other will dine on their enemy's flesh. Yep. So no matter what, it's telling you early on one of these guys is going to die. Yeah. You know? And I love that. That isn't foreshadowing. No, it's just flat out telling you. It's just telling you. We're we're not fucking around. This is life and death and it's going to be death for one of them. So from there, we go into international flavor. Right? This is the second volume of two to handle league issues five through ten. One of my favorites. This is one of my favorite volumes. This was really good. If I loved Taster's Choice, which I did, I was obsessed with international flavor. Yeah. I international think, flavor is oh yeah. it, it Taster's has, Choice does a great way of establishing the world. International flavor has a great way of bringing you into that world. Yeah. Right. And I'll tell you what, dude, it's this volume that has easily one of my favorite captions <laughs> that I've probably ever read in a comic book. Oh, I love it. I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy about that. So, I mean, I was surprised at the beginning of the second one. I mean, I guess I wasn't because he's on the cover. But I was like, what the fuck's going to happen with John? Yeah, after taking that cleaver to the face. Yeah. And it's a very quick line in, in, in the second or third issue of Chu that Basis of Voice says that, you know, there's some work being done with Don He's going to be fine, but there's some work. And whenever we get into international flavor, he's fine, you know, except he has a half Terminator face. Yeah. <laughs> like a literal half Terminator face, red eye and everything. Yep. To be able to join the FDA. Yeah. That was the trade. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically for it. And he looks cool. I love his design. Oh yeah. With uh, with half robot face. <laughs> he looks like a badass now. I mean, even more badass than he did. Yeah, I think he makes that joke too. At some point. <laughs> he, do- he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's super funny. I love fucking John. He's the best, you know? So John and, and Tony at first kind of make a hilarious uh, fake argument in front of Appleby. By the way, Appleby hates Tony. Yeah. Appleby, Appleby was able to give Tony a prosthetic ear yeah. after he got it ripped off. But, but he purposefully made it a different, like, skin tone to what his actual skin tone was. It was, like, lighter, so that you could tell that it was a prosthetic. Tony Chu says, Tony Chu says, and somebody, you, went out of their way to specifically ask for a skin tone that doesn't match mine. Yeah. <laughs> Calls him out on it. It's great. Oh, dude. Yeah, Appleby hates Tony. Yeah, because uh, he sees this argument between uh, Colby and Tony, uh, they they're now partnered up again. Yep, but it's just fine. Oh yeah, just <laughs> fine for for uh, John and John and Tony. They're meant to be together, you know. Yeah, back they're to being total <laughs> best friends. I love their bromance. It's, back to being partners. Again. It's great, you know. Their first mission together involves a big old pile of shit. <laughs> yep. 
being I'm, left in a bank vault. <laughs> um, and John goes in and he's talking to Appleby on the phone and he's like, oh yeah, he ate it. He's throwing up now. Hilarious. <laughs> like Tony walks and he's like, I am not eating that. He's like, <laughs> don't even fucking say it. He says, he says to John, he says to John, John, I'm not eating that. He's like, I know. He's like, why'd you say that? He's like, I lied. It gives him a big thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. It's really funny. <laughs> oh, he's like, we got till the end of the day to solve this one, you know? So doing some illegal backtracking. Once again, John is the loose cannon member of this team here uh he gets some records on some people and uh uh is able to deduce it pretty quick john for all of his anger and all of his humor and all of his childishness is a damn effective cop yeah that's what everyone always says about him in this you know he was a great cop before he's a great cop now it's even expanded upon a little in the two prequel there was a prequel yep anyways so (laughs) (laughs) what yeah it just came out it's like brand brand new except instead of c-h-e-w it's c-h-u but i'll talk about it a little bit later on because it it has something to do it made characters at all whatever anyways um John's able to, to solve this uh, pretty quickly. And before uh, finally being able to solve it, he makes a visit to D-Bear. To D-Bear. Because uh, he blames D-Bear for the hatchet in the face and is now extorting him for money. Because once again, loose cannon. Yep. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I love whenever he like pins this dude up against the wall and he just pisses himself. Oh, but the panels. Yep. <laughs> The panels like slowly, it isn't like a splash page. Nope. There's individual panels going down and he pisses himself and John's just like, you're lucky you missed my shoe and throws him out a fucking window. Yep. (laughs) And action, wait, what's the word for being thrown through a window? Defenstrated. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, defenstration is the act of being thrown or tossing somebody out a window. Why does that have a specific term? I don't know, dude. It's the English language. Why are we so lazy? Why can't we just say more words? (laughs) (laughs) So they end up breaking down. uh, They end up breaking down this case and they go to a big old yacht where there's a bunch of people super happy. They're toasting and they are cooking some of the best black market chicken that you could buy into some great gumbo but they are taken down by john and by tony john's like handing out this chicken like it's thanksgiving you know he's like you want some you want some you want some got our lady at home take it uh tony however knows that this isn't chicken yep he tastes what was it a soup yeah gumbo yep it's a tiny kind of, kind of soup um yeah he tastes that and is able to determine that it is actually a new kind of fruit that is growing on an island called yamapalu uh it is called a galazaberry yeah 
Very good. And it tastes exactly like chicken whenever it's cooked. Yeah, it tastes kind of like chicken whenever it's raw. But whenever it's cooked, it tastes exactly, if not better, than, than chicken. real chicken. Yeah. Uh, so this is where, what's that island again? Uh, Yamapalu. Yamapalu is where Tony decides that he's going to go for a little bit of an excursion. He wants to figure out, get to the bottom of this. Well, there we finally meet another one of my favorite characters. Tony Chu's big brother, Chow. He <laughs> was a chef. Oh, we skipped over it because I wanted to talk about it when we get introduced. So Chow Chu, you want to give the background of Chow? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he is a he's a world renowned chef. He had his own show, and in his very like first introduction in the first in the first issue, he is he's he's starting off his show like how he normally does, uh-huh. and then slowly like it veers off into a rant about how the well, bird he, flu he is has all to, made up. Yeah. Well, he has to cook a recipe that calls for chicken. With a uh, pulp free. Yep. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck even is that? Yeah, the government's lying. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, no matter how I cook this or how you copy me, it's gonna taste like shit. <laughs> you know, and yeah, it says that the, the pandemic's uh, a complete lie, uh, that it was all a government conspiracy and gets fined and fired. But now Yamapalu needs a celebrity chef, and you gotta think that people love chow. Yeah, yeah. At least the Republican Party does. <laughs> <laughs> Chow is going to be the featured chef of uh, Yamapalu's first five-star resort. Uh, he does. Tony, however, is kind of an asshole to him. He's like, "I'm not going to be seen around with you. It's kind of embarrassing that you're yourself." You know. However. There's somebody else on Yamapalu. That is an FDA agent. Oh, I'm sorry, not an FDA agent, a, a USDA agent who is kind of pissed that the FDA are going to uh, get on her spot. So they have a brief elevator fight. And Tony Chu convinces her, I'm here on my own accord. My bosses don't know where I'm at. And they're going to share some information. Right. Later on, somebody attacks her. Somebody who has two sharpened fanged teeth that we find out whenever he eats her like mechanical like oh, pet jelly rat. Bean. <laughs> her mechanical pet rat that also like <laughs> solved cases with her. Yeah, jelly beans the best. Uh, I love the USDA. So the deal with the USDA is that they're all women and they all have like cybernetic animals. Oh my God. And it's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty great. The story continues and Tony Chu is kind of in, under investigation for her murder because he was the last person that she was seen with. However, uh, convinces the guardsman that, you know, he's fine. He's not doing anything. And the guardsman agrees to let him out. Um, 
but he put him in there with two very brutal men. And Tony Chu finds out the location of a rooster. A rooster named Poyo. <laughs> Poyo! Poyo! <laughs> this thing is so cool. So Poyo is like a... Uh, it's a rooster. He <laughs> is a rooster. He's a cockfighter. Yeah, but he also has a, the most hilarious luchador <laughs> mask. Dude, and I have scoured, I'm telling you this, I have scoured the internet for a polio, like, plushie or toy. <laughs> I've scoured the internet for one. You need one, dude. What do you think? <laughs> you of all people. Oh, I've already determined that if I'm going uh, to looking... get, I'm going to get a polio tattoo. Like, that is not even a joke. Like, I will get a Poyo tattoo because Poyo is the fucking best. He's the best. I'm literally looking at not only a autographed picture of Kurt Angle, <laughs> but also the WWE United States title with your name on it. Yeah. What about, like, what about, hold up, check out this. Uh, this move is riveting hearing me say it, but I have a like action figure of Kane <laughs> that has a automated arm <laughs> for jump slamming. Yeah, big old wrestling fan. <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't tell. Uh, so they rescue Poyo, if that's what you want to call it. And as they get back, the uh, the uh, uh, security officer, the police officer that arrested him is like, oh, I got some more information for you about who attacked whomever. Uh, you're really going to want to know this. So he leads Tony to the morgue where he finds that there's a ton of dead bodies there. Yeah. And all of the dead bodies have bite marks. Yeah. In their neck. Yep. You know, so this is all pretty clearly this nope. vampire dude. Yeah, a work of, of the vampire. But then this police chief of this island takes Poyo <laughs> and bounces, bro. <laughs> leaves. <laughs> fucks right off. This fucks right off. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so now it's like, what is his deal? <laughs> you know? It's great because this comic book does an excellent job of, especially now in the beginning episodes and issues does a great job of like giving you just a little bit of of what happens you know and and, and really makes you want to know what happens next going on i think at least yeah right it, it's so good at that um so then we find out that Amelia Mintz, our food author, is also on this island. On this island. And she's given a soup, but she's terrified of the soup once she eats it. She tries to run away. Uh, we also find out that there is another chef on this island that isn't Chow Chow. And this chef, not even going to try to pronounce his name what he's called you yeah, got it no. uh, i have his i think i have his name written down because i know i like i know that <laughs> i noted about him he 
I'm not going to try to pronounce what ability that he has, but basically, this dude's a mute. Yeah. And he does not talk using, like, conventional words. The way that he speaks is through cooking. Yeah, the great Fontanieros. Yep. Is his name, and he is a Cibo locutor. Cibo locutor. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's communicates through cooking and is very good at it in yep. fact uh translated the entirety of shakespeare's work yep into it, just like food yeah and has create and has adapted operas into meals that has brought people to tears yeah before the final course this dude's the boss i love how whenever uh he's cooking he looks like shiva yeah you know, he has all, he has like a ton of different arms and he's just like going to fucking town. He's really great. Love the Fontanieros. Um, but he's begging for help. Yeah. You know, he doesn't like it. This cues Amelia into the idea that, you know, he's being held against his hostage. This governor dude that showed me that fruit is probably psychotic. Yeah. You know? And so when she tries to escape, she ends up getting tased. Yep. And and is is captured yet again. Um, at this time, Appleby is really getting on uh, Tony's ass and wants him to come back. And 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 Tony tells John to just take care of it. Right. And I know that didn't go where you thought it was going to go, but we'll get to it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the next, yeah. Uh, the next, the, the the final chapter of uh, International Flavor Volume Two of Chew involves the vampire going after the Great Fontaineros. He wants to liberate him, and in doing so, he's going to fuck up this island. Yep, right. Fire starts, start burning, starts to burn a ton of the uh, gossiberries. And in the in the fray, Chu's going around. He wants to save his brother. His brother doesn't want to be saved, so he punches the fuck out of him. Yep. Right. Uh, he ends up saving Mints. And it's so cute whenever he he's saving Mints. Because once again, his brother doesn't want to be rescued. So he's like, I'm here to rescue you. And then he turns and he looks so cute. And he's just like... <laughs> you do want to be rescued, right? You know, and she's like, heck yeah, let's get the fuck off this place. <laughs> like, of course she wants to be rescued. This is also a scene where we get um, um, a man who we, we will find out is uh, uh, Montero. Montero's bodyguard uh, is taking some shots at Chu uh, with a sniper rifle, but misses. Yep. Right? Fontanieros is taken by uh, by the vampire. Yep. Who who Fontanieros thought was there to save him yeah. from being on that island, but instead yep. ate him yes. <laughs> to gain his ability to you know communicate through food or whatever. Like yeah. he wanted that ability. Exactly. The, that 
And that's the big thing about the vampire is that his whole thing is that also he's a sympath, but he's able to collect a lot of information. Like he's not just information. We will find out that he's able to absorb yep. the abilities of whoever he consumes. Yep. Right. And he's not actually a vampire. That's just the persona yeah. that he's like. That's a cool persona. He yeah. looks cool as fuck. Oh my God. I love it whenever Shu goes in there and he has his gun and then he also has a water Squirt gun. <laughs> Holy water. And he's like, I'm not taking any chances. <laughs> he says, um, and Tony watches as the island burns uh, right after right after he also sees the, the governor yeah, the kill, tiny, himself, oh kill himself and he gets a little memory of the governor you know the governor was elected and it was an island uh, that was on the downtrodden that was super bad and then he finds these berries cultivates them and has this grand grand vision that he's gonna bring happiness to his island yep and it ends with him pulling a bullet in his own head yep and man and then we cut to a bedroom (laughs) (laughs) where appleby is sleeping like a baby (laughs) with john (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what'd you think of that i was like wait a second what <laughs> like, uh he repeatedly early in the early in the issue uh uh he's like he's like applebee's really uptight he's probably a fag you know <laughs> and tony's like you think everybody's a fag he says everyone is a fag it's up to you tony that's because you're too lame to be one <laughs> Oh, and that that. is uh, volume two, issues two, uh, 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 five to ten of two titled International Flavor. That brings us to volume three, issues 10 to 15. I guess 11 to 15, (laughs) actually, is how numbers work. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to it. I wasn't paying attention to that. You know what I mean? Like the last one actually went from six to ten. <laughs> this one goes from eleven to fifteen. Yeah. Yep. Uh, called just desserts, right? So now they've introduced the world. Then they brought you into the world, and now. We're going to get a little bit more of this story. Yep. You know, and, and from here on out, the comic's going to be a lot more story with a lot more uh, characters as well. You know? I'm excited to get through them. Yeah. It's very, very, very cool. Very fun. Um, and this one begins with a bit of happiness. Uh, the very, very, very last thing that happened in the previous volume is after getting back to the United States, Tony Chu calls up Miss Amelia. Yep. And asks her out. Very nervously. Very nervously. He doesn't, she, even, he doesn't even ask her. She, she like, she's into question. it. Yeah. She's into it. You know, she, she's, she knows that 
this dude means well and, and saved her life. If anything, she deserves to give him a date just off of saving her. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> Don't. She doesn't deserve to give him anything. She She's her own woman. She does not need to do anything that she doesn't want to do. But she wants to go out with him. It's super nice. It's super cute. And they're going to go on a date uh, to a secret uh, gourmand uh, organization, right? This organization uh, hijacks uh, long extinct animals and rejuvenates them and feeds them. Yep. Right? There's a big old list of things that they're going to be eating, you know, a mammoth, uh, uh, saber tooth, you know, a bunch of fun stuff like that. The menu will never be repeated because these people, the Bon Vivants, maybe, forget what they're called exactly. Um, they only meet once every six months or something like that. So it's very, very rare that they're meeting. They're all very rich, like douchebags. Yeah, they're all super assholey, and I hate them, every single one. Right. And Tony Chu only needs to go in there long enough to prove that they're eating uh, extinct animals because that's super illegal as well. Yeah. You know, and Amelia's super interested in this because she was actually uh, kind of probing an informant, you know, who also died. So that's how Tony gets in here. That's how Tony and Amelia gets in here. That's how they figure out the whole extinct animal thing. Absolutely. Which I really love whenever they are, uh, whenever Tony eats the mammoth and it's in reference to the very first page of the comic. She was always great at this. Yes. They always give a really good prologue at the beginning and yeah, then like yeah, tie yeah, it yeah. in later. In. Yeah. Quick two, three pages. Yeah. Does a lot. Does a um, lot. Of a mammoth getting eaten by a saber tooth and then being attacked or no it was a human attacking a mammoth yeah and then a saber tooth comes and attacks the man yeah and is a and like eats him but tony like goes through a, yeah it's not mammoth it's saber tooth with a little bit of human inside of it <laughs> And he's like, but that's good enough for me. <laughs> that's enough for me to <laughs> fucking arrest all of you. But one of these dudes is like, no, nah, he ain't taking me. Fuck yeah, me. he's like, he's like, this is chump change to me, you know, and, and holds Amelia at knife point, has a knife up to her throat and just pricks her the tiniest, just the tiniest drop of blood comes out of Amelia. And Tony Chu lights this motherfucker up. Tony tells him, he's like, do not touch a hair on her head. And he's like, what the fuck are you going to do? Shoots both of his eyes out. And that's the panel that I was talking about earlier. Yep. That's my favorite panel. Yeah, it's awesome. And like, <laughs> you see it from behind and you just see two missing holes from this dude's eyes, from this dude's head where his eyes are. And you just see Tony there, you know, God, he's such a good shot. Amelia's covered in blood and he yeah and he's like and he's he like, says he says not a real conventional first date and she's like well that's the thing it's gonna be better or the second time is gonna be better yeah that goes and gets a puss <laughs> yep <laughs> the next page after that yep yep and it's great because uh they're in like the exact same position 
<laughs> that John. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. You know, except Tony's smiling. <laughs> yeah, Apple except, is like super confused. Yeah, except Tony's smiling. Uh, after that, we get a really fun issue with uh, D Bear, Deshaun Barry, who's now coming back. And he is, is going to be helping uh, Tony get the location of an underground chicken fighting ring, right? They want Pollo for themselves. They need to find out where Pollo is going to be, right? And they go to this uh, 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 gangster, and I love this issue so much. <laughs> uh, he pretty much susses out that this is a plot pretty quickly, you know, puts up a bulletproof glass, has two huge bodyguards. Tony has a gun pointed at him. And he's like, I have four inches of, of bulletproof glass in front of you. I have two fucking huge bodyguards. What could you possibly, if you were going to shoot me, you better make that shot fucking count. And off in the little corner of the room, is a cage. A cage with Poyo! With Poyo! <laughs> and he shoots the lock off the cage. And fucking Poyo fucks these dudes up. Dude, Poyo rips the dude's eye out. <laughs> it just stands there like a badass. Because he is pure he is rage, hate, and feathers. <laughs> Poyo. <laughs> he puts up his little his, yeah. it, it's so cool because earlier Deshaun Barry's like that bird's a demon <laughs> he says he, he spells it out right away that bird is a demon <laughs> <laughs> like before this we haven't really seen Poyo like no, really the, fuck the, things the, up. Yeah, the last thing that that have that we saw Poyo in was 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 whenever he got kidnapped. Was yeah, when he got kidnapped and and, and uh, this gangster rooster nap, I guess. Yeah, yeah, chick napped, whatever. <laughs> Foul that. <laughs> um, but this dude beat up the dude that kidnapped Poyo originally, mm-hmm. right? That's how Poyo gets into his his hands. Um. And now he has Poyo. Now Poyo's part of the story. You know, and it's great. He's he's awesome. Um, love that issue in and of itself. Love that uh, splash page of Poyo ripping the dude's eye out from his face. <laughs> right? This is a chicken who's more than a chicken. But after, after that, Tony gets a call from John saying they got him. Savoy is trapped yep. in a house. You know, and that is super bad. It's not good. Yep. Not going to have a good time here. And oh boy. Right? Uh, we also get a little bit of uh of of montero right jack montero who's a rich dude who has employed a man by the name of caesar to be his bodyguard right he knows that amelia is writing some shit about him 
So he's going to send Caesar off to uh, uh, take Amelia down while this plot gets thwarted because Caesar is a FDA agent, right? This is whenever Chu is like, we need to, to get more eyes on Savoy. He wants a round the clock, round the clock uh, surveillance on, on Savoy. But Appleby says that he only wants Chu taking care of it. We also get a brief mention, brief pages of Savoy and Caesar working together. Yep. So Caesar, even though he's working for the FDA, is still an agent. Of Mason. Yep, he's his partner. Yeah, what do you think of that? I I don't want to say that I kind of saw it coming, but at the same time, like, I really didn't. <laughs> and I don't know how that makes sense. But that's the only way that I can describe it. I hear you. Yeah, man. It's some good stuff. Oh, I was like, oh, okay, how, what's, what's, what's Savoy going to do? What's, where's this going? Yeah, the, the, the story is just getting a little bit more and more uh, complicated. Yep. You know, but it never loses track of it. And it's revealed that Caesar is the one that took the shots at Tony in the second issue. Yeah, it missed on purpose. Yep. Missed on purpose. He makes that clear. Yep. You know? Uh, we are now at the point because that's all a flashback. Yeah, and Mason, the thing about uh, Mason sent Caesar to go undercover with Montero. Yeah. Because Montero knew that the bird flu was going to happen before it did. Good call. Good call. Very and important. because Absolutely. Mason is like on this odyssey to figure out the truth behind this pandemic yeah it led him there and that's he sent caesar in to be undercover yeah absolutely now this next uh, uh part of the story is super super interesting because we get a little bit of the backstory of tony he's out on a date with a woman named Min that he's about to propose to and Min says that she's always loved him and will always love him. And they need to be together forever, literally. As the camera pans down and exposes that Min had chopped off her own finger. Toe. Or toe, yeah. Her big toe. <laughs> oh, man. This girl is lost in the sauce, bro. <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> a minor red flag. <laughs> yeah, just a minor red flag. Uh, to be fair, she's got like brain cancer or something. She's she does have like an ailment, right? <laughs> an, an ailment. Yeah, that's all we're gonna call it. Yeah. So Chu uh, so, shows up a little bit late to the raid on Savoy, even though he was supposed to be the one alone manning this mission. He had a little bit of a date with Amelia. John, being the fucking man, he's such a good dude, 
John volunteers to to do lookout while Chu goes and has a nice date with Amelia, but gets this call. And they got him. Sean goes in alone, and once again, Grizzly. <laughs> you don't Grizzly, take no shit. No, Grizzly Wells don't take no shit. Beats the piss out of John. Yep. And gets away. Yeah, gets away. It even tells John also that like. You you don't realize it yet, but you and I are on the same side. And it's because John denies working with him, doesn't deny working with him because Mason's wrong or Mason's doing illegal work. He denies working with him because he already assaulted his best friend. Yeah. He says twice that, you know, you ripped off my partner's ear yeah and kept it to keep yourself safe as a threat to him yeah and mason just like is just blank face staring back at him and he's like you ripped off my partner's ear yeah (laughs) i'm not going to let you get away with that and like he doesn't even finish the sentence before mason bashes him in the head and that's the cool thing about mason is like he doesn't deny shit yeah you know, he's like, yeah, it was fucked up, but it was necessary. You know, and, and that's another reason to love Mason. He's, oh, yeah. 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 And and so it ends with. It really shows. Oh so oh, Sorry, I just realized <laughs> something about later in the series. <laughs> <laughs> the face you just made. <laughs> But it really shows how much uh, John really does care about Tony. And once again, is... these guys, these guys get each other. Yeah, you know they're partners, they're best friends, they love each other. You know, and it, once again, you know it's that same, it's that quote from uh, "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." Yeah, it's a friendship that's a little less a little more than brotherhood but a little less than marriage (laughs) (laughs) and tony comes finds john there and is like you know fucking what happened (laughs) just tastes his blood and sees this fight and he's just like thanks partner so great and just fades out fades out the next morning millie gets up to make herself some breakfast opens the fridge what's she find that fucking toe in a bag on ice oh and she leaves screaming as she should as she should you know i don't know if i found a toe that my partner just had in the fridge i don't know i might be into it yeah i might be like here's the deal there's a story behind that. <laughs> and I don't know if I'd want to hear the story because of like disgust or intrigue or like anger. But, but at the very least, you're interested. But it I am super you, interested to know why you, that toe is there. Like, yes. So much more interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because yeah, yeah. that wouldn't just be anybody's toe, I hope. <laughs> You know, but also it could be like, this is what he wants out of me. He wants my toe. (laughs) This is his plot the whole time. 
that he was going to cut off my toe and keep it in his freezer. <laughs> Amelia clearly goes for the second option. <laughs> you know? And then Tony gets up, goes out to the kitchen, calls for her, and, like, realizes that the bag is laying on the floor. And he's just like... Yeah, he's, like, oh. so dejected. This That image of him looking at the toe, he's just like, oh, why the fuck did, he, did I keep this? It, we'll find out why he, he decided to keep it. It's very cute. <laughs> it is. It's, it's very cute. It's very cute why he decided to keep it. And now we get into the final issue of uh, the three of the 15 that, that you have here. It's Thanksgiving. And it opens with Mason eating. Eating what? Well, bread. Normal food at first. Lobster, cheese. It's a nice wine. But then at the very end, he brings out dessert. Which is. <laughs> an otherwise empty plate. This is the only thing on this plate. Just sitting in the center. Tony's ear. Cuts it in half. Puts it in his mouth. And things start flashing through his head. And uh -huh. we're seeing a bunch of different scenes that took place earlier on in the series so far i'm gonna take a moment right here to talk about how much i absolutely love uh how they do the food vision yeah it's all like squares that are like sepia tone yep and like sectioned off alone there's like a nice little like fingerprint that looks like something like a fingerprint that that's on 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 them it's very cool it's yeah a very cool image but one person starts popping up a lot more than all the other people that show up through these visions. Yeah. A young, more and a, more young, consistent. a young girl with glasses. Yep. Getting more and more consistent until that is the only thing Mason sees. And he smiles. Because he knows who, can, who to take on for Chew. Because... <laughs> we'll find she's out really important she's really important we'll get to her uh so it's thanksgiving at the chew house and chew has a very large family and as Huge. he opens the door he is greeted by rosemary and her husband and then very coldly like oh they hate him they hate him <laughs> they absolutely hate him uh and there's a very good reason why it it turns out but before we get to that reason, he meets Tony. That's right. We have Tony Chew. <laughs> and then we have Tony with an eye. <laughs> and to now Chew. The twin sister. Of Tony. Of Tony. <laughs> Tony and Tony. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs> and she is like the best person in the world she's like so welcoming and she's so hilarious she's like like goes cold on him for a second she's like you didn't call me for how long did she say like a year yeah yeah she's like i was i was in the amazon jungle for a year all by myself and you couldn't call me specifically refers to him as a fraternal twin yeah like, right <laughs> And then, and then John and, and Amelia show up. And at first, Tony thinks that Amelia is with John. Yep. 
she she hears that that's actually Tony's girlfriend. She's like, what? I love Tony. Yeah. I also love it whenever she first sees him. She's like, oh, weird. She starts rubbing his ear. <laughs> yeah. She's so interested in that in that rubber ear. Oh, it's so funny. She's so hilarious. I think what I think what's really funny is after the incident with uh John and Appleby. Appleby was like being really nice to Tony. Like, yeah, got him the correct colored ear. Then <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and not, let's let's not forget that John made plans with Appleby for Thanksgiving and then completely ghosted him. Yeah. You know, oh poor Appleby. He's so in love with that man. <laughs> I was gonna be pissed again. Oh, for sure, dude. Appleby will always find a reason to be pissed. <laughs> So then we get to meet Chu's family, which include Ong Chu, the grandfather. Uh, I already mentioned Rosemary Chu. We have Father Chu, uh, Bak Chu, who is long deceased. We also have Harold Chu, uh, the younger brother of, of Tony Chu, also goes by the stage name Miso Honey. We also... <laughs> We also have Bao Chu, mother, Sage Chu, younger sister, Charlie Chu, a distant cousin uh, who works for Oni Press, another comic book company. <laughs> we also have Rosemary's children, Chip Chu Shen and Brie Chu Shen. And of course, Chow Chu is here as well. The reason why Rosemary hates Tony is twofold. And one of those folds involves a missing family member who Tony arrested back in the day. So that's one of two reasons why Rosemary doesn't like Chu. And that sister, Saffron Chu, is the uh, central subject of uh, the prequel series. Mm. Yes. So that's why she's not here. I'm man, I wish you wouldn't have told me about that prequel series because now I want to read it alongside. You should. So the whole thing about the prequel series is that uh 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 the creator John said that he wants to it isn't like a prequel in the sense it, the story starts before two. But it's going to take us also like as a parallel story through two. So it's happening like concurrently as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing with that is I'm not sure how many issues it is yet. Um, so if you do read it, it might once again be con concurrent with the events happening in here, which might spoil some things for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The other side of that is she has nothing to do with this story. She's off on her own doing shit. So it could also just not happen at all, you know? Anyways, they're there. Uh, we get a, a, a great Seth Rogen cameo. Once again, these people, they're the artist Rob Gilroy here throws in like at least a half dozen, maybe even a dozen small, tiny references. There are like background characters, yeah. signs, 
graffiti art everywhere it happens constantly you always have to be paying attention to the background <laughs> it's 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 so worth it to read the issue and then start it over and just look at the pictures that's exactly what you told me to do yeah because it, because there's so many fun things going on in the background i still i know i still haven't found everything yet <laughs> oh yeah every time i i reread this i i notice more and more but he serves a uh, a lawsuit to Tony from Chow for breaking his jaw. Tony, by the way, is also super pissed off that there's going to be turkey, <laughs> but decides to squash it because he doesn't want any more drama going on with Amelia. Yeah. Right. And because Father Bakchu has been deceased and Chow Chu's uh jaw is broken the honor of thanksgiving grace goes to tony and as he's speaking it there's a car crash outside tony always being the first one to action runs out it goes to help the man and that's pointing in the sky what's he see some sort of like pink alien writing like just going all through the sky everybody is outside and freaking out about it yeah it has like this uh like yellow it's almost like it's burning yeah across the the sky which makes me wonder if that has something to do with the planet the telescope was focused on and i wonder because it was revealed in uh, one of the issues from volume two that that fruit is actually a fruit from outer space. Whenever Tony eats a raw uh -huh. piece of fruit, he like gets this vision of outer space. It's a really cool page. <laughs> and if you went back even further to uh, the, one of the issues of volume one, it shows a planet where this alien writing comes up over overhead yep and then explodes so if you've been paying attention this is not good yeah there's some there's something even though our characters don't know it completely yet because this writing is in the sky the earth is doomed <laughs> i'm so excited to see where this goes right and as they're all standing up up in awe, awe looking at this fiery writing this alien script that's going across the sky that young woman that young girl that we talked about earlier the vision of her from mason savoy walks into frame and we are told that this is olive tony's daughter <laughs> And it ends. Oh, <laughs> what did you think of that? Did you expect that? Nope. Great. I was <laughs> like, I don't know why. I mean, the thought of that girl showing up in Mason's vision and ending up becoming like the most important thing. Like, I thought that 
that could be his daughter that maybe like there was a daughter that like we didn't know about we weren't told about yet mm-hmm. but i thought no that no i can't i couldn't have gotten it that easy oh my first time reading this it completely yeah went over my head like yeah, yeah. i was like no I couldn't it wasn't until it like easy. i reread the, that because once again i had so much time between these comic books coming out that sometimes i would reread every single one i had before the next i've read these series so much <laughs> you know like yeah i'm sitting here like flashing through because i'm o- but i'm only flashing through to get the chapters right of the events yeah as soon as i see that you see me i put this book down i can tell you what happened in that chapter <laughs> you know yeah. and like with verbatim quotes <laughs> i've read these so many times yeah, I'm sure that this is a series that you told me before that you make it a point once a year to go back and reread hey. two. Maze two reading month. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. But ever since it ended a couple years ago, I reread it every May. <laughs> why specifically May? I don't know, man. I really don't. I have no answer for that. I have literally just, no answer for that. <laughs> May is your two months. Yeah. And then at the end of um, every 15 chapters, every three volumes, we get this really cool triple spread. This one is like a massive uh, feast going on, featuring all the current characters and a couple characters that uh, have died and even some we haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool, right? Yeah, this comic series is really good at introducing characters and in a really fun way, but also not not as it only fun, but it's done in small doses. Yeah. And on top of that, there is no wasted character. Every single character that has been introduced so far has played a purpose. Oh yeah. At some point in the story. Yeah. And now, no by, by the third volume, issue issue 15, we have our central characters. Yep. Right? We have Tony. We have John. We have Amelia. We have Mason. We have Caesar. We have Apple. You know, then we have the major minor characters. We have D-Bear. We have Tony. We have Chow. We have the Chu family. We have, even though you don't know his name yet, we have Voorhees. Oh, yeah, we have Voorhees. <laughs> Remember that dude that like in the in the diner that took a bite out of like his his meal and then like started listing off all of the uh, like chemical components? Yeah, that's Voorhees. I love the name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, you got a huge, 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 huge smile. Um, another thing before we get into the final segment here, uh, me asking you some things. I always encourage you to read the little blurbs back here because they're so fun. Starting with the second one, I believe. Yeah, starting with the second one, there's always one or two of them <laughs> that are like negative reviews. <laughs> so newsrobin.com. I'll go through this one, okay? Uh, comic book resources <clears throat> for uh, Chew Volume 2 says, Offbeat, zany unsettling and disturbingly enjoyable comics waiting rating room says no genre can claim chew as their own 
be it comedy, police drama, or general comic craziness, because this series will forever exist in a class all of its own. News Rama says, bland. <laughs> That's it. Uh, winner of best new series, Will Eisner Award. <laughs> winner of best new series, Harvey Comics. Best new talent for Rob Gilroy, Harvey Comics. Uh, favorite new comic book and favorite American comic book nominee, Eagle Awards. Best comic book or graphic novel nominee, Spike TV Scream Awards. Incredibly fun, US Today. I didn't read you. I thought it was another zombie comic. Butler Blair from G4 Eat Fresh. <laughs> every, every book from here on out has like one or two things that are like a little too much story for the price. <laughs> awesome. It's I, great, dude. It's really great. I love it. I love the uh, like author bios that they have. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the author bios are hilarious every single time they bust me up, dude. Oh, they're so great. So, though, that's the story so far now. Do you feel like you've wasted time? Absolutely not, dude. This is amazing. Good. (laughs) This series is so good. You were not kidding. Good. You've been saying for years now that two is something that, like, you know I'd be really into. Yeah. But I've just never picked it up because I just... I know it's going to take a long, I'm going to have to set aside a lot of time (laughs) to like get through this entire series Yeah, that like, I just haven't ever had before. Yeah. But now I'm just making that time. (laughs) This is part one. This is part one of four. Oh man. Yeah. This is part one of four here. And now that we've uh, wrapped up the story of Chew so far, I'm super happy and I'm so in love that you love it so much right now. I'm really excited for to, for you to see where it's going to discuss it with you. Um, let me ask you this. What is the character that you are most interested in seeing going forward? And you can't pick Poyo. <laughs> Poyo's off table. Yeah, because you yeah. can't pick Poyo. He's half the reason to read it. <laughs> I am, you told me just a little bit of a spoiler that you've said before yeah. that I'm not going to say, but you also told me that like, it's not that important of a spoiler. Right. So I'm really interested to see how it gets to that point. Yeah. I'll tell you this, the, the spoiler, and if you've read, if you've listened to my top six comic books, you know this spoiler. It's something that needs to happen for the story. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about it. It needs to happen for the story. You make people laugh and you have a good time, as I said earlier, to bring out real emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really excited to see what happens with Mason. Like, what the hell is he going to do now? Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Because because like, now he has all of it his crosshairs. Yep. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Right now, sitting in front of me, if you had to guess, and you have to guess because I'm asking you, what I, do you think he's going to do with all of it? I am hoping that he is going to sit back 
and just sort of like come up with a pretty solid plan because it's twice now that like that the authorities have gotten too close to figuring him out sure the first time with tony yeah being able to sort of weave his i guess weave his way around just kind of luck his way into figuring out all this stuff about mason sure and then them being able to find him and sort of put him in a corner and john confronting him i hope that he like realizes hey tony is really good both these guys yeah both these guys are are a little bit better than maybe what i thought they were and i thought they were good to begin with yeah so like maybe i should be planning my next steps a little bit more carefully to make sure that like nothing goes wrong and i don't get to the bottom whatever the hell's going on right 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 what about the collector what about the vampire where do you think he's gonna go i think that he is going to figure out how strong tony's abilities are yeah because if tony can get impressions off of things from just a few drops in in you know, from just a few, even Mason says, couldn't have been more than just a couple drops. Yeah. You know, and like you know, even ashes. Yeah, and like, even through ashes, and, and and Tony, not Tony, um, Mason had to eat half an ear, and then like meditate. Yeah, and like sort. Yeah. So Tony's way more of a powerful one than he is. So you think that the collector is gonna? he's gonna try and get that for himself because he did all that yeah because he's already taken the i forget what he's called well, the great fontanieros yeah yeah and the, like the what chef, his, the silent what, chef yeah what his yeah. ability was um he already has that now uh-huh so i can tell that he is trying to collect all these different powers for himself and he's trying to be as strong as he possibly can be yeah yeah cool um what about the other uh uh minor characters is there any bold predictions you want to make about john or amelia even olive if you have if you have a chance or polio you can you can uh uh, say some polio theory i don't really have a polio theory i just want to see him fuck shit i'm super excited to see him (laughs) i'm just super excited to see him he's so awesome yeah and a couple of these uh uh volumes coming up all i'm gonna say is that there's some special issues special bonus issues in there focusing on a special certain chicken awesome (laughs) um i don't i mean right now i don't know enough about uh olive to really yeah like form a prediction yeah, of yeah where that's she's more of like where, how do you think because obviously now she's going to be part of the story yeah yeah how I, do you think she's necessarily going to fit in here i i know at some point she's probably going to get taken captain sure i know at some point that obviously someone central characters and, yeah um i think that's what's going to happen with john amelia and his daughter yeah i think all three of them are going to be taken because like well and to and tony's twin sister tony as well yeah. um because you can tell that those are the four like most important things to him right now yeah and you know Mason and that's knows what you that. do if you're 
going up against him. You know, yeah. either Savoy or the Collector. Yep. They have to be planted something. Well, not the Collector yet, but he's as their paths are going to cross, obviously. Yeah. And I'm like even just the rest of the family. That family is huge. huge that family. it's like a it's a double page yeah. spread yeah. of his entire family. And if they're being introduced, I have now already learned in these three collections that, you know, there is no character that is introduced into these, into this story that are not going to at some point come back again, whether it's like a small, like little throwaway death or it's something like a little bit more significant. Every single character is shown on page for a reason. Yeah. So absolutely, that's absolutely. a lot of characters that are going to serve a purpose. I wonder what that purpose is. Very cool, very cool. And I uh, think John's going to die at some point. John's got to die. Really? Yeah. I fucking I have a I have a deep feeling that like he's just going to end up sacrificing himself. Whoa, that's interesting. I, <laughs> I that I is a that fucking feeling. interesting thought right there. Like, I wow. mean, you look at how he really threw himself onto the pyre against uh, against mason just you know for him you know ripping off his ear yeah you're totally right dude and and, and whenever they're in the chicken speakeasy he doesn't give a fuck man he goes out and he's trying to catch that killer yeah like he is you very know? gallant i mean he took a fucking cleaver to the head he sure did he took a cleaver and, you know, to the head. and you know and you know that if he had to do it again he would yep you know he's the man yeah. John's great. So John's great. I he's like really... he's like the he's like the homeboy that everybody should want. Like, I'm thinking about him in the same way that you described to me a a long time ago about like a really good storytelling technique is introducing characters that like you that they are written for you to love. Yeah, for them to eventually end up dying. Yeah. Like, what that's how I'm thinking about John right now. Cause I'm just like, dude, I love this character so much. There's no way that he's not going to die. That's a, I'll tell you what, but that's the way that I think of everything. <laughs> Whenever I'm reading something, I'm like, oh, dude, I love this character. I can't wait for them to get burned. <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. And I think, I think that that's a residual effect of George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> yeah, it has to be, right? It has to be. I oh. love your, I love your theories going forward. So, um, instead of regular characters, where do you think this story is going to go? Something's going to happen with that fruit. I, I'm calling it now. There is a connection with that fruit in that planet. Okay. Because sure, that fruit came from space. Yeah. And it's it's obviously a topic that's been like focused on already in the story with that planet in specific. Yeah. So. All of that's connected. Yeah. I just, I don't know yet. <laughs> and Ow. I don't, like, yeah, and I can't, like, piece yeah. it together quite fully yet. Just, like, on my own to make a good theory. Sure. But, aliens. <laughs> aliens. That's all we're going to say, aliens. At it, this point, we have cannibals. We have a fucking... We have fire riding in the sky. That's got to come from somewhere. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> that don't happen in real life. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Uh, any other bold predictions you want to make? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Do you think that 
the avian flu pandemic is a conspiracy right now. You know, I have not seen a single panel dedicated to anyone really being sick with this bird flu. Sure. It's only been talked about that there's a bird flu going around, but like, I haven't seen anyone get sick. I've seen people get sick over, you know. Abelia. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen people get sick over Tony biting into a, like, dog. Sure. <laughs> of a dead, stuffed dog. Yep. But I have not seen anyone be sick from a bird flu. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that is a conspiracy. Cool. And, that does and, not apply to my real world thoughts on any of course events see going on right now i promise yeah. Yeah, yeah um so i was gonna ask this right now but i think i already got my answer uh your favorite moment uh in the three volumes that that we read <laughs> definitely tony getting his ear bitten off was wild yeah um and Tony shooting that dude through the head. That was cool. Yeah. Fuck um, yeah. A little small detail that I love is whenever the island is being burned down, uh-huh. as Tony is like looking around with Amelia, like, like asking, like, what the fuck is going on? There's one little text box at the bottom that says cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. And then it comes up again, <laughs> cliffhanger. a little bit bigger, a little bit more exclaimed, cliffhanger. And then flip the page, cliffhanger. Big old cliffhanger. And guess what? It leaves you on a cliffhanger. Because yeah. <laughs> the next page is John Appleby. <laughs> um, which one of these three uh, was your favorite volume? Definitely the second one. Definitely the second one? It. I I loved loved Tony going onto this island and having to figure shit out. It's fun, and like yeah, I love it whenever like we go other places. Uh, yeah, in this world, there's a couple places that we go that are super super fun. Yeah, and there were a bunch of like cute interactions between Amelia and Tony, and a lot of good dialogue between John and Tony. Yeah, like, it is an issue that really highlights tony's relationships in the world sure it's definitely fucking awesome <laughs> yeah and my final question for you uh is if you had a food related ability what do you think it would be oh boy yeah yeah so to give you a little bit of time um, I would like if if I could choose mine, if I could choose mine, um, it would be that anytime I ate like beef, I'd be able to run really fast. <laughs> I can just picture you <laughs> chomping down on a rib <laughs> and just sprinting. <laughs> uh, 
<clears throat> Man. That is a tough question. Yeah, you have to think of it right now, bro. I'm not giving you any time. <laughs> First option's always the best. Cool. Uh, <laughs> eating eating sweets giving me super hearing <laughs> that like i can hear people's thoughts oh nice dude having having <laughs> the ability to like uh of, of telekinesis <laughs> telepathy whenever i eat yeah that's it i mean telepathy whenever i eat a Reese's cup yeah dude <laughs> hey man i'm fucking here for it that's all i'm gonna say is if i, I am <laughs> if anybody's ever just like talking shit and i want to know what's going on inside their head I just, yeah like, or sit. just be fucking nosy dude like <laughs> sit in the background and, like yeah. eat a skittle <laughs> yeah i just love stare at them yeah i love uh uh being a like having the ability to just be like super nosy <laughs> just to like get into other people's thoughts yeah that's great that's, that's great. the first thing that came to my head was just super hearing see that's a fun thing about chew it's like what the way to pick a chew power is to just pick a superpower and then, then just be like okay but i can only have that if i eat this <laughs> For me, it's specifically on Reese's Cup. Yeah, that's why I said like beef. Like you need a burger. <laughs> just fucking take off. Every single cookout would just be one big race. Yeah, dude. But only for you. But only for me. I'd be the only one winning. I'd be the only one winning that race. Nobody else would run with you. We would all just stand there and be like, fuck off. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So this has been the episode on Chew. Super happy we're finally talking about it. Super happy you you read it. I'm super happy I read it too. It, oh, I love reading new things. I yeah. love. And next time we talk, it will be uh, for volumes four through six. So I'm hoping that you're excited for those. I don't know what sound that was. Yeah, it was a sound. That was a sound of excitement from good old Noah. <laughs> he said, "Ooh, <laughs> sounds like a gag." However. We do have one more segment on the show. And that's the last questions. Where you and I ask each other one comic book related question. Do you have a question prepared for me this week, Noah? Who is a character you'd rather get drunk with? Oh, a character that I would love to get drunk with. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm going with teenage Peter Parker. <laughs> oh man, he just like <laughs> I just imagine that he couldn't handle his alcohol well. And on top of that, he's like getting all super depressed. Yeah, well, <laughs> then like... be, but then there'd be that moment. There'd be that moment where he's just having fucking fun. <laughs> and it's just like showing off. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember one time I got drunk with a group of people at a at a frat party and we challenged each other game of truth or dare and i dared one of my friends to climb up onto the second balcony from the outside <laughs> and he fucking did it <laughs> and he fucking did it and we all got kicked out of the party for that oh nice <laughs> yeah we were like don't have a balcony <laughs> you don't want people climbing on it <laughs> scaled that thing right up dude it was awesome it was great uh if you could have uh, one superhero 
to lead a team of supervillains. Who would be that superhero? You don't have to go into who the villains would be, but but like, which superhero do you think would have the right idea of of having a supervillain team? <laughs> oh, that would have to be. Oh man, that's a tough one. It's a good one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, a good one. I think Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Moon Knight. I feel man. like Moonlight's a good <laughs> Moon Knight would be fucking Yeah. He's already a mercenary. I was like... about to say he's already got like the chops for it. Yeah. 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 But like if he like headed up a team with like Bullseye, <laughs> you know, that'd be a fun that'd be that's a fun pairing in general. Moon Knight and Bullseye, I'd pay for that. You know, it's a little fucked up, but anytime that I think of Bullseye, I always think of Colin Farrell in the Daredevil movie. <laughs> And any time he like threw on his uh his jacket and rattlesnakes. <laughs> Listen, the Daredevil movie has not aged well, but that doesn't mean it's not entertaining. <laughs> oh my god, it's so much more entertaining than Electra. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean everything's more entertaining than Electra, dude. Electra's awful. And it's all because of Evanescence. Oh. <laughs> Wake me up. Wake me up. I'll tell you what, dude. If you have co-workers that are pressuring you to go out to karaoke, <laughs> agree to it and then go out and sing that song. I'll tell you what, dude. I've only ever been to one karaoke night at a bar, and I sang that song. No, you didn't. <laughs> I also sang Diary of Jane by Breaking Benjamin. And well, listen, that's my point. That's my point. Because your friends will never invite you to karaoke <laughs> night again. That's why it's the only time we went, dude. <laughs> that's why it's the only time I ever That's went. amazing. All right. If, I, if that's not a spot to end this, I don't know what is. Uh, thanks for listening ladies and gentlemen if you don't know you should know this has been back porch comics a new episode from pop culture force with my boy noah over here Woo-hoo. this is mundo and we're super happy that you listen and we hope to see you next time uh for two volumes four through six start reading it it's good <laughs>